I think that's the hardest part of my relationship with my mom is getting her to admit things that I know happened. Am I mm -hmm. making assumptions? Am I making up a story in my head? Yes. But like simple shit. I'm like, mom, you telling me no one ever and you working in the United States has made fun of your accent? No one. Like you're telling me you've never had a racist experience? Oh, no. But they, I mean, if they did, they were just joking. I joked back. It was like, haha. Like she doesn't want to admit that she's been through shit. And that frustrates me. Dímelo, mi gente. It was good. Welcome to another episode of the Quien Duetes podcast brought to you by Plural. You already know, it's your boy Pavel bringing you another special episode. And it's Thursday. So that means we're bringing you another episode of Thursday Thoughts. This week, we're talking about mental health. Despite what you think, we are all going through something. And most of us aren't talking about it. And our mental health impacts our relationships with coworkers, friends, romantic partners, and even family. The clip in the intro was me sharing my frustration around the lack of emotion that my mom shares. Her sometimes inability to show vulnerability is frustrating. And I think it limits our ability to build a relationship. Now, the awkward part is that my mom listens to these episodes, so... I guess we're gonna have a conversation about this. <laughs> that said, it's a very important topic, especially within our community. According to the National Alliance of Mental Illness, 35% of Hispanic Latinx adults with mental illness receive treatment each year. That's compared to the US average of almost 50%. And that's because of the unique barriers to care, including language, poverty and in health insurance, lack of cultural competence within the therapy field, legal status, and just the cultural stigmas that are attached with mental health. And if you think about that 35%, those are people that have been diagnosed with a mental illness. There's a lot more people who need the treatment but aren't even being measured. In this episode, you're going to hear from both Samara and I, two people within Latino, Latina, Latinx community that have actually been in therapy for years, which is so rare. And we get into a lot of things in this episode. Let's get into it so that you can find out. You know what's funny about publishing these Thursday Thoughts episodes? Well, one, my mom listens to all the episodes, in particular on YouTube. I just set it up on her like smart TV for her. So she subscribes. She's one of the subscribers. Ooh. But she listens to all the episodes but up until we launched this i haven't been doing much of the talking right i haven't been sharing because no because i'm always asking the guests the question like how are you feeling how did that make you feel and i went to go visit her this weekend and she was like oh mijo like what happened last week are you okay i was like mom what are you talking about she's like i saw the episode i'm like oh man now i'm gonna get all these questions every single like because now i'm now i'm spilling my life mm-hmm you know what I mean? And because my mom watches these episodes, now she's even more in tune around like what's happening with my life. Mm. So did you talk to her about it? I mirrored how my mom deals with the difficult situations and I just laughed it off. Oh, And okay. I didn't talk to her about it. So did you mirror her intentionally? Probably. We're about, to talk, we're about to talk about it now. So <laughs> probably going to happen. Unconsciously just that being her defense mechanism i was like oh let me use that mom thanks for teaching me that one and mm. we didn't necessarily have a conversation but it's interesting too she threw out an idea of well when you're feeling depressed and anxious like why don't you just come here and i had this idea 
of just like feeling loved and supported and all of those things. And I really love the idea of like me feeling anxious and depressed and then just going like hugging my grandma for 30 minutes. Amazing. I literally did that when I went to go visit. I ate and I was like, Abuela, come here, sit on this couch. She was like, what? I just hugged her for like 30 minutes. She just laid on her. You Felt know, amazing after. It is so important. And physical touch is mm -hmm. not just a love language, but it is a, a, a soothing, like you're supposed to like hold yourself when you're not feeling well. Um, and it's interesting. I saw a TikTok not too long ago. <laughs> Do you not feel well? Are you holding yourself now? Do we ever feel well? 100%. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I was watching this TikTok about um, a woman who's living in a small town or village in Turkey and that she was dealing with some, you know, mental health challenges of anxiety and whatnot. And the way that they deal with it is as a community. So her landlord came to her house and was like, okay, you're coming to the office. So she like also works for her landlord and, you know, she leases the, the apartment there. She's like, you're coming to the office. She's like, no, like I... I just need time by myself, I self-isolate. And she's like, nope, you're coming to the office, go to the office. Long story short, the community rallied. And every day for however long, she got fed every day. They like had a routine. They went to Pilates. They went for walks. Like she's like, I had to make almost no decisions for myself during that time. And I just felt so loved and supported that it was able to get me through to the other side of dealing with what I was dealing. So it did they even a lot of ask sense. her if she wanted that? No. Part of me is like crying or cringing at the idea of like not having alone time at all. Quite opposite. They like <laughs> forced it on her. She was like, no, no, yeah. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And they're like, no, honey, like we're, this is what we're going to do. And I do think it's really telling though, because anxiety and depression are challenges that you, sh you shouldn't be going through by yourself. Like self-isolation rarely is the answer to it. As much as an of an introvert as you might be. Being around other people, being around communities it is what helps to get you through these things. So do you think that you're gonna end up going to your mom's house in the future when you feel that way? Well, here's the thing. I gotta think about why I'm depressed most often. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, I think short term, it will help get me out of the depression, but it's not gonna solve it's not, the, it's not gonna be the solution as to why I have it. Like mm -hmm. I'm depressed most often because of a lack of financial security. My lowest point in the past year, I attribute to my lowest point in my bank account too. Like there's a direct correlation to that. And that's why I avoided the conversation with my mom because I don't want her to feel like, oh my God, well now I have to go back to supporting him or oh my God, is the business not going well? And like, I don't want to have to explain the fact that, hey, I'm pivoting, this takes time or like awareness or all these kind of things, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a lot to explain and I don't, and I don't want her to worry. So it wouldn't help me make money immediately, but oh my God, I know what you're going to say. You're like, go for it. <laughs> no, please, sir, go. Uh uh, you're going to be like, oh, but it's going to help you make money in the long term because you're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to be happier. And then, like, maybe you can have a more productive day after you hug your grandma or your mom. Is that how I talk? That's not how you talk. But that's how my aunt talk. But I think you're going to give me the same advice. Nope. You know what's so funny, too? My mom listened to the episode. She forgot that she met you. Like, she was like, oh, my gosh, she looks so different. She was like, who's that woman that you record the episode with? Is she, is she a therapist? I was like, mom, that's Samara. You met her before. 
And she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's her from my aunt. Oh, my God. But I guess, like, the dynamic of you just, like, asking me questions and me, like, stumbling to give a response. I don't know. Not, not is she a therapist. <laughs> oh, my God. Not, I've just been in a lot of therapy. So I know a thing or two. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say that. I was just saying that it could be the catalyst to help you do whatever it is that you're trying to do, right? Because they say that depression is, you know, thinking of the past in a negative light and anxiety is thinking of the future in a negative light. That's right? so, really interesting. Yeah. So when, when you're depressed, you're going back to this time where you were more financially secure and telling yourself a story of like, things were so much better here and I don't have that now. And then anxiety is, well, if I could just do this in this way, or even like avoid this in the future, then things would be better. So it's, it's, it's really a past and future sort of dynamic that we're talking about. That's really interesting. I never thought about it like that. How do you know when you're depressed? And maybe I've been mislabeling my depression because I rarely look at the past. I'm always thinking about the future. Give me like, give me a situation when you've been depressed and you've looked at the past. I suffer from PMDD, which stands for premenstrual, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. So it's a depression that is linked to my hormones because I suffer from polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is just an imbalance. So you know how people have thyroid issues and that's because, you know, different hormones are going up and down. So with PCOS, it's again, different hormones that are going up and down and it affects everything from your mood to your sleep, to your energy, to your strength like every part of it. And so it's not your regular PMS situation where you're just like irritable. It's literally a like deep decline in your mood and your energy that just completely drains. And so for me, when I get into those episodes, it is very much a lack of energy, a lack of motivation. I don't want to do anything. In the past, having suffered from depression having been on medication for depression outside of it because it went beyond that it was feeling like i wasn't my life didn't look like how i wanted it to look in that time so and was it so, but where does that past come into play like we it was is it the comparison to what you thought of you know what i mean right yeah like this mm -hmm. idea of what i of what i thought my life was going to look like and feeling like that's not where i'm at and it's a past idea it's an old idea you know what you're right i do be depressed <laughs> i mean check it out with you know a medical professional but i'm just well, sharing my experience with it and some of the literature you know literature that i've read around it well it's interesting because i think it starts for me with anxiety so in that moment in the past maybe two years ago i'm thinking of the future mm -hmm. and i'm creating this story of what my life would be like mm -hmm. and then when i get to that present point then i'm depressed because of what i thought that moment was which started with anxiety you know what i mean and mm -hmm. anxiety is also i think my strength because I am a big dreamer and I do think of myself as like, sounds corny as fuck, but like a visionary. Like I, I'm like, I have this very detailed look in my head around how certain things are going to become. And a lot of it is like of my life. And then I get to that point in my life where it may or may not be like that. And then that's where I start to get depressed. Those episodes, as you describe them, it's something that you're very open with me 
in particular about. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you're comfortable with other people sharing that as well. With other people sharing it with me or with me sharing it with other people? With you sharing with other people. For example, there's there's like time you, you text me on the side. You're like, listen, yo, this week ain't it. And I'm like, All right, yeah, cool. But then, you know, you, you even are like forthcoming as to like why it isn't it. And you provide like the context. Mm -hmm. There are, are certain people that I do that with more so like the people that I'm more frequently in contact. Let's say in a work context is what more so what I'm referencing. So when I was going through my divorce, probably like the second person that I told was my manager at my job. And the reason I told him was because um, I decided that I was going back to therapy. And in the beginning, I was going once or twice a week. And I was in person for therapy because it actually happened to be right down the street from my job. We were going through an acquisition at that time and having a lot of attrition and folks were leaving the organization. So I didn't want him thinking that I was leaving to go on interviews, but I needed the space to be able to go to my therapy appointments. Mm -hmm. So during our one-on-ones, I sat with him and I said, hey, this is very, you know, between you and I, but I'm going through a divorce right now and I'm in therapy to get me through it. And you're going to see some blocks on my calendar and I'm going to like be leaving, coming back. And I just want you to know that I am not quitting. I'm not going on interviews. I have enough <laughs> craziness going on in my life right now. Like looking for a new job is not on the list at all. So just know that's what's happening. And I wasn't even like asking for permission or anything. It was just like, FYI, this is what's going on. And he was very, very supportive of it. And I'll say he was definitely probably the most empathetic manager that I've ever had. And definitely the kind of manager that I needed during that season. Because I don't think there was any way that I was going to make it out without going to therapy. So I was very open with him about it. And it wasn't that I was that I wasn't open about the therapy. For me, I, I wasn't open about the divorce at the time. Mm -hmm. Once I once I got over that and I was comfortable talking to people about the fact that I was going through this or had gone through this, then it didn't matter. I literally put it on my calendar, therapy. It wasn't even like a private, busy, nothing. It was, it was just dead ass therapy. Yeah. So that, like, like, no, I'm not gonna move this for your, you know, product meeting. Sorry. I feel like you talk about it very openly now, but in the past, was that always the case? I used to have a like an hourly block on my calendar. So I think it was private because people would ask me like, hey, I can't really see your calendar. Is that a meeting or is that a time block? And then if it's a time block, just to like think or whatever, you know, people do take a walk. People would feel very comfortable scheduling over that. But when I would communicate, oh, no, that's my, you know, my weekly therapy appointment, people would fall the fuck back. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. If I go back to corporate, I might schedule a few time blocks and call that bitch therapy on my calendar so they don't cover that shit. Listen, I'm going to need you to just go back to therapy. How about that? Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say go back to corporate. <laughs> no. No, but that yeah. So I so I did put it on my calendar. I didn't go into like why I was go I was in therapy, but I was open about scheduling it. So going back to your mom, was she aware of you going to therapy? Like how involved in your like mental health, or maybe not involved, but aware of 
your mental health journey is shaped. She's aware I went to therapy. I would talk about it openly with my family. I've said certain things that I've learned along the way. It's even challenged me to ask my mom some questions that I never really wanted to ask her or know about. Like, I remember, you know, after... 20 something years of life never asking what happened to her and my dad until i went to therapy because i don't have a strong relationship with him at the moment and i didn't want to have a worse relationship with him because in my head i just assumed he did something wrong <laughs> so yeah i mean she's aware of it has she gone no two things there we are like in a not very small but we're not in most people don't go to therapy most hispanics don't go to therapy according to the national alliance on mental illness only 35 percent of latino adults with mental illness actually receive treatment mm -hmm. so there's not a lot of us that are actually getting the help that we need so it's interesting because you and i are in this subgroup and we're pretty open about it and then when it comes to our parents that generation you know very much not open about mental health and treatment and there's all sorts of barriers related to that our parents coming to this country and they basically like you know have a mission like i'm here to work and and you know to survive and then you and i get the benefit of being like okay now we get to like self-actualize and what does that mean have you talked to your mom about her going to therapy at all she pretty much says like listen i'm retired it's too late for me is what she mm -hmm. pretty much says like it's too late for me but i think my mom is just like in a comfortable place in life where i don't know i'll be thinking myself at like 70 something i'm like would i want to fucking go to therapy probably i'm like i probably wouldn't want to go either if i was her you know what i mean would, would your mom want to go actually <laughs> my mom and i we've had a challenging you know love my mom to death and she loves me to death we've had some challenges through our life and our relationship and the more that i've gotten into therapy the more that i've seen how some of the behaviors have impacted me you know from my childhood into today and so this like awareness of what was actually going on has really led me to kind of confront and you know come to terms with the reality of my childhood which obviously has to do with her so i've been saying for a while like hey we need family therapy like every like i'm the only one going to therapy and i'm not the only one in this family you know like we we need a group session and they keep thinking i'm kidding and they keep right. thinking it's like a joke and i'm like right. no like we really need it and it got to the point where i started distancing myself from my mom because it was becoming more and more difficult to show up to conversations and gatherings with these things that I'm like, I, I want to talk about them, but we don't have the tools to do that. And it wasn't a, a lack of love thing. It was literally, she, she didn't have the tools to be able to, you know, process and go through some of the things <clears throat> that we did. So we had a really extensive conversation, not that long ago, sat for like an hour and a half talking about just stuff. And at the end, she's like, okay, well, like, you know, I, I want to fix the relationship with you and I want things to get better. So what do I have to do? And I was like, you need to go to therapy. Wow. And she was, she was like, okay. And I was like, okay. I was like, and I'm, I'm not going to be the one to like figure it out. Like if, if 
you want to fix it, you need to fix it. Mental health services are so challenging to get in the United States. Mental Health America found that Latino communities face barriers that include language, health insurance, and stigma. And those are the top three reasons why we're not able to get the help that we need. You've helped get over this, the stigma wall. Right. Now you got so, two more hurdles to jump through. Exactly. And so with my mom speaking Portuguese, like to mm -hmm. be able to express your thoughts and your feelings, it should be in your native tongue. Mm -hmm. So finding a Portuguese speaking therapist is important. So she did. She did the work and she spoke to her friends and she found someone and she had her first session last week and she's having her second session this week. And when I tell you, I truly did not think I would see this day come. Wow. Like my mom for a while was really against it. Strong, strong religious background. So, menina, mm -hmm. you, you mm -hmm. don't need therapy. Isso é pra, pra gente louca. Você não é louca? Você não é doida? Pra quê? And it's like, nah, mom. So it's like, no, vai pra igreja, vai rezar. Vai orar pra Deus. And it's like, <laughs> I can pray as much as I want, but like, you know, something else needs to happen. And so like, that was a big thing. Like, and then of course, what do we hear all the time? That's white people shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, we don't do my, that. I get all of that. Yeah, I get all of that. Plus my aunt, well, she used to be a social worker. Now she's the therapist. My mom is like, but I'll just, I'll just talk to Luli. You know what I mean? Her sister. And it's yeah. like, mom, no, that's not the same thing. <laughs> so that's interesting that she's a therapist and was a social worker, mm -hmm. but your mom still has, I'm assuming your aunt has been doing this for some time. So, you know, your mom's however old she is now, but when your aunt first started doing this and your mom still wasn't open to it. Well, it's funny because she she seeks my aunt's advice for so many other people mm. except for herself. But even if she were to get it for herself, like I wouldn't want her to get it from her sister. Like I want oh, yeah, it, absolutely. I, yeah, yeah. Like there's so much. Give me a word. Not even bias. Like where's the Sorry. Where's the conflict of interest? I don't know. There's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, 100 percent conflict. Of yeah. Interest. And you're not going to tell your sister your deepest, darkest shit. Come on. Right. Yeah. So I often think about and, and I want to ask you this question, too. I was like, what would I want? Like, let's just say my let's just say I get past the stigma and I get my mom into therapy. And let's just say the therapist asked me, like, well, what do you want out of this for your mom? Mm -hmm. Like, have you thought about that? Mm -hmm. OK, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to like, steal my answers? <laughs> I kind of. I know what I want from, from my mom as well, but I was curious for you. No, well, please share. Well, I've said this to her before, and I see her doing it a little bit more and more, but I want to see more emotion from my mom. Mm. I know she loves... All right, it, it kind of goes back to just love languages, right? Like that one time I asked my mom, mom, how did you love me growing up? And I asked she, my mom that question as well, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, I want to hear what she said. But yeah, when I asked my mom, she was like, what do you mean? I put food on the table. I bought you all those clothes, those sneakers. I sent you to Dominican Republic. Meanwhile, all the trips that she, she sent me to Dominican Republic was with my grandma. You know what I mean? And the whole time I'm like, mom, I just want to spend time with you, you know, mm. or like the reason I love my grandma for various reasons. But like she lets me hug her. She lets me like 
squeeze her arms and just like hug her really tight. My mom is like, oh my God, that hurts. I'm like, I'm not even doing that hard. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's not that she didn't love me. She just shows it differently, right? Or mm. I, I didn't hear I love, like the words, I love you very often. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? And I, I, or maybe like I only remember the times because my mom was a single mom. I remember the times more that she disciplined me compared to like she was proud of me. And it's mm. not to say that, say that she didn't say she was proud of me, but for whatever reason, I remember those disciplinary moments more. I remember when I remember when my grandfather died. Like I don't remember seeing her crying. Mm. Like I remember her like doing like a like a dark humor joke, lighten the mood in the room type of shit. I'm like, I don't gotta see you cry, but like something. Tell me you're sad. Why do you think that is? I think she's trying to be that like strong male figure. I don't know. She won't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Or I ask her if she denies it, you know? So. I mean, I mean, maybe she doesn't yet know. Maybe she doesn't have the realization yet that she's doing that and she hasn't taken the time to look inward to figure out why she's doing that. Because for me, that's a lot of what therapy is. It's actually having someone to help you go inward and yeah. ask you questions that challenge your thinking yeah. and enable you to go deeper and deeper inward for yourself so exactly. it's like this this is a, a behavior or a reaction that i have what's causing this yeah. okay well this is what makes me feel like that but where where did this come from oh yeah. okay and you just dig deeper and deeper until you finally get to the root and yeah. then once you get to the root it's like okay so where do we go from here I think that's the hardest part of my relationship with my mom is getting her to admit things that I know happened. Am I mm -hmm. making assumptions? Am I making up a story in my head? Yes. But like simple shit. I'm like, mom, you're telling me no one ever and you working in the United States has made fun of your accent? No one. Like you're telling me you've never had a racist experience? Oh, no. But they, I mean, if they did, they were just joking. I joked back. It was like, haha. Like she doesn't want to admit that she's been through shit. Mm -hmm. And that frustrates me. If you admit it, then you have to deal with it. Yeah. And yeah. again, but, it goes but, back to having the tools or, in, you know, not having the tools. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of like you have to have that self-awareness step to know that something has happened in order for you to even seek help. So her mm -hmm. idea of like, I don't need help. I understand because she doesn't, <laughs> she hasn't realized those life moments mm -hmm. that signal is like, oh shit, that did happen. Mi gente, that wraps up this week's episode of the Quintueras podcast. As with all of these episodes of the Thursday Thought series, let me leave you with some thought starters. I dare you to ask whoever raised you, how did you love me growing up? It's a strange conversation, but I think the insight that you're going to be able to gather from this question is going to be so valuable. It's going to provide so much clarity into the people that raised you and the tools that they were equipped with at the time. But also you'll start figuring out why your love languages are what they are. In addition, think about these same 
people that raised you? What if they had the opportunity to go to therapy along with you? What would you want out of that experience? What skills would you want them to learn, to gain, to take with them as y'all both try to grow that relationship? Is it to show emotion? Is it for them to deal with their grief and trauma? There are so many things that you can gain from the proper mental health support. What would it be for you? I want to hear some of your feedback and answers to some of these questions. Please email us at hola at plural.com. That's H O L A at P L U R A W L. The email is in the show notes if you need clarification. See you next week.